podium to give our invocation and pledge. Good afternoon, everyone. Please join me in invocation. Dear Heavenly Father, as we gather as friends in the spirit of Rotaract Fellowship, we invoke your blessings. In the words of the psalmist, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to sit down together in unity and in peace. Bless all who are in our prayers and all who should be in our thoughts. To the sick and suffering, send your hope. To the forgotten and the lonely, send your love. To the confused and distressed, send your light. To the weary and the wronged, send your renewed strength. To the pursuers of justice, send wisdom and faith. To the seekers of peace, send unwavering resolve. And to the world, send your blessings of peace. Let us give gratitude for our opportunity to serve, and may our work within Rotaract continue to inspire us to improve our community and our world. May we always keep in mind the special talents each of us have to positively impact the lives of those around us. We ask that you grant our club leaders the wisdom, vision, and encouragement daily to lead this organization fearlessly through the challenges they face. We also thank you for this food before us in the hands who have prepared it. May it nourish our bodies and minds. May your radiant spirit guide us all of our days. Amen. If you will, please join me for the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Thank you, Candace. I'd now like to ask Yvonne Taunton, our Vice President of Membership Recruitment, to the lower podium to welcome our guests. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, welcome to all of our guests. Please stand as we call your name and remain standing. Hall Macy and Robert Humphrey. Welcome. Thank you, Yvonne, and welcome to both of our guests. And welcome again to all of you here at the Harbert Center and to those of, uh, those of you who are joining us virtually. During our second hybrid luncheon of the year, we heard from Dave Fleming with Rev Birmingham. We had a great mix of folks that attended both in person and virtually via Zoom. Today, we are happy to continue to provide a hybrid approach to luncheons for both our members and their guests. We are broadcasting live via Zoom for our members and we'll make the Zoom recording available to watch at a later date. This will be our last in-person luncheon for the time being, and we will start transitioning to a fully virtual experience starting August 20th. You will still have the option to grab a boxed lunch via curbside pickup, but remember that these, luncheons are paid, these lunches are paid for by your dues and are available free with no extra charge if you register in advance online. And speaking of dues, members should have received an invoice to their emails for their annual dues payment. As a reminder, you have the option to pay in full upfront or to take advantage of our semi-annual payment option. Our board recognizes too that this year is financially unprecedented for many of our members and encourages anyone who has questions or may be in need of financial support to reach out to Jonathan Murphy, our VP of Finance, or any of our board of directors. Our team is committed to finding solutions for each of our members during these tough times. Like previous luncheons, today we are taking attendance virtually. Please don't forget to take out your phones. You can do so right now if you'd like. If you are in person or if you're joining us virtually, and mark your participation to this luncheon by responding to the poll in the club channel. Last luncheon, we unveiled this awesome group of folks who have committed to serving our club over the next year. I'm pleased to remind you all that the committee survey has launched and will close at the end of August. If you're interested in supporting the efforts of the chairs and board of directors during this historic year, please fill out the, the, com the committee survey, which you'll find linked in your monthly newsletter. If you have any questions about a specific committee, please reach out to any of our board of directors. This past month, we welcomed 10 new members to our club. The new folks had a virtual orientation last week and were able to socialize distantly at Cahaba Brewing afterward. A huge thanks to Jessica Poor, our Vice President of Membership Development, and the two new member onboarding co-chairs, Trevor Nelson and Caitlin Kutsall, for hosting a wonderful event. I would now like to invite Jessica Poor to the lower podium to introduce the July 2020 new member class. 
Hey guys, um, as you know, COVID has touched just about every part of the club and things have been a little bit different and um, that is the same with new member orientation. Um, normally we would be welcoming a June 2020 class, but we pushed the application deadline a little bit to give people time to get all their information in. Um, so today we get to welcome our uh, July 2020 class. Um, it's made up of 10 awesome new members. Um, they're all uh, involved in different areas across the city and um, a lot of them are bringing new companies to be involved in Interact, which is really exciting. So um, I'm going to announce the 10 new members today. If you're in the room, please stand. Um, and if you're watching on Zoom, give us a wave so we can uh, see who you are. So Mandy Wright, Bridget Adams, James Parker Jr., Taylor Brown, Megan Hall, Trip Moss, Lauren Branch, Tierra Vierden, Macy Vinson, and Virginia Ann Jordan. So give me, a, give me a round of applause to the new folks in the club. And we'll, uh, we'll get a picture down below afterwards, so stick around. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. And welcome again to all of our new members. At the annual meeting this year, our board of directors made a commitment to this club to carefully and systematically review our club's diversity, inclusion, and equity in all aspects of this organization. One of our first action items was to establish a diversity and inclusion chair and committee. Today, I'd like to welcome Roosevelt Morgan, our chair this year, to the lower podium to discuss his position, upcoming initiatives, and ways our members can get involved. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Roosevelt Morgan, and I will be leading the Inclusive and Diversity Committee. Um, this year, we're going to focus more on inclusiveness instead of diversity, because if you look around the room, you'll see that we are a diverse club. And so we need to focus on inclusiveness. Um, if you have inclusiveness, you will also help with diversity. In Diversity and Inclusion Committee, we'll be focusing on the why and the how. We won't focus on the who, the what, or the where, because if we focus on the how and the why, we'll be able to get to those points without finger pointing and be able to solve things for everyone. Some of the initiative plans that we have, we are going to do a five-part PDS, and the name of that is called Teams. Together, everyone accomplished more successfully. We forgot the S, so <clears throat> pretend you see the S at the bottom of Teams, and you'll get the point. So the five-part series will be about tough conversations will be the together. Um, equity will be for everyone, acceptance will be for accomplished, motivation will be for more. And once we learn those five, those four skills, and of course the S to add on with successfully, uh, we'll be able to actually begin to promote a certification of Rotorac diversity and inclusion for all our committee members. I thought I had an extra slide, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> those are the only two I had, sorry. <laughs> And so basically, uh, we're still looking for com uh, committee members to join, and we're also going to do a survey. We're going to do a benchmarking survey that should go out today to know what we stand at as a club, to get your ideas on inclusive activities and diversity activities, and see what we can do to change the community and also our organization. Thank you. Thank you so much, Roosevelt. If you're interested in getting connected with the club's diversity and inclusion initiatives, please fill out our committee form from this month's newsletter and complete the survey that you'll be receiving this week. So will definitely help us uh, collect the information about where we are at right now and gather kind of some goals and, and, and metrics around where we want to be. Uh, you can also contact Roosevelt Morgan, of course, or Caitlin Birchfield directly for more information. As a reminder, each week the Rotary Club of Birmingham provides 10 comped luncheon spots to our club. Due to the pandemic, we have unprecedented access to join their luncheons virtually to hear from their amazing lineup of speakers led by President John Blankenship and his board. Next week, Rotary will hear from Barrett Jones, a University of Alabama football alum who is now a college football analyst with ESPN. On August 19th, Rotary will host Kelly Caruso, the current CEO of Shipped. If you're interested in joining, Rotary Luncheons are held at 12 p.m. every Wednesday. You can contact Berkeley Bryan with questions and tune in virtually via the Zoom link that is posted weekly in Slack. And now for our Learn, Socialize, and Serve announcements. After this week's luncheon, we'll be meeting only via Zoom for the foreseeable future. On August 20th, we'll hear from Andy Grace, the host of the White Lies podcast. 
We'll be offering delicious curbside lunches, so please be sure to register in advance to claim yours. And please be mindful, too, that pre-registration is critical for our programs team and the Harbert Center to be able to have an accurate headcount. After Andy, we'll be hearing from Natalie Davis on September 3rd. Natalie is a political analyst from BSC who will be a great resource for our members to ask their burning questions as this political season approaches. We are currently planning to have this luncheon via Zoom as well, so stay tuned for more details. Please contact Yvonne Taunton if you plan to register a guest to either of the next two luncheons. Reminder to all those interested, applications for our club's leadership development program are open and can be submitted to Amy Thomas by August 21st. If you have any questions or would like to nominate Rotaractors who you think would be a good fit, please reach out to Jessica Poor or Amy Thomas. Our next social will be held on August 13th as, as a virtual trivia event. Be sure to grab your cocktails or mocktails and impress your friends with your knowledge of history, geography, Rotaract, and Alabama or Auburn football. Don't forget to invite your quarantine buddies, spouse, roommates, and pets, the more the merrier. Also coming up this month on August 25th, we are excited to announce our first ever drive-in social. We will be supporting Sidewalk Film Festival by participating in their drive-in film screenings. Stay tuned for more details on this. We are still finalizing a few things, but be sure to mark your calendars for August 25th uh, and contact Kurt Key with any questions you might have about either of the upcoming socials. Over the weekend, we had 20 members volunteer for the Woodlawn Adopted Area Cleanup with our July new member class. We filled more than 10 bags of trash during the cleanup and enjoyed getting to know all of the new members. In addition, we wanted to highlight that our club logged 48 service hours from 19 members and guests across our two events with the Southern Environmental Center, filling 95% of our volunteer opportunities for July. We'd also like to shout out our top volunteers in July, Brittany King and Lauren Snyder. And please join me in a round of applause by thanking them for their dedication to club service. Our club service partner for the month of August will be United Way Hands-On. As part of our partnership with this great organization, we will be volunteering on August 22nd at Avondale Elementary to collect school supplies and beautify the school in anticipation of students returning. For more information, please contact Nick White. And one final reminder about registration for all of our events. Spots for our in-person events are very limited due to social distancing. And this has been a great opportunity for our club members to get to know each other in a more intimate setting. But please, please only register if you plan on coming. And if you're not able to attend an event, please let the board know so that they may give away your spot to someone else on the waiting list. At this time, I would like to introduce our head table. We have a smaller group at the head table this year to adhere to best practices for social distancing. As I call your name, please stand and remain standing until we introduce the entire head table. Each week, we ask a fun, different question to the head table related to the speaker to learn more about our fellow members. This week, we asked, what is your favorite SEC athletics memory? Giving our invocation and pledge today, down here, is Candace Dunn, who is the Assistant Accounting Manager with BBVA. Candace is the 2020-2021 Annual Meeting Chair and a luncheon host. Candace is also a member of the June 2019 member class. Candace said her favorite SEC athletics memory was on November 3rd, 2012, when she experienced Alabama's electrifying 21-17 win over LSU in Death Valley, when TJ Yeldon dodged tacklers for a 28-yard game winning touchdown with less than a minute remaining. It was also her 21st birthday. It's a great memory. Introducing our speakers today is Emily Ruzik, who is a commercial litigation associate at Bradley Arendt. Emily has been very involved in the club for a number of years, as you can see. She previously served on the foundation board for a three-year term from 2016 through 2019, and she's currently serving as the chair for the board fellows program. Emily said her favorite SEC athletics memory is the East sixth seed out of six UGA winning the SEC basketball championship in Georgia Tech's arena in 2008 after a tornado damaged the Georgia Dome mid-tournament. Great memory. And with that, please give our head table a round of applause as Emily comes to the podium to introduce our speakers. Good afternoon. It's my honor to introduce to you Josh Sneed and Robert Clay. Um, Robert is an Emmy Award-winning filmmaker who finds himself in year seven of producing the college football video series SEC Shorts. The series has generated over 80 million views and is seen weekly on the SEC network during football season. 
When he's not struggling to hold a boom pole, pull focus, and wait for Josh to memorize his lines, he's usually doing something outdoors or crushing karaoke at the Brown Derby. Josh Sneed is an actor and co-creator of the video series SEC Shorts. If you're not familiar with the name SEC Shorts, it's those videos your dad tried to show you on his phone over Christmas but couldn't remember his Facebook password. Josh also starred in a very important series of local Honda commercials and is classically trained in watching television and copying what he sees. He's not to be taken seriously. Thank you. Please, Josh and Robert. Look at us all dressed up out of our houses. That's nice. Uh, you do all look very nice. I want to let you know there will be nothing you pull from this presentation that will be useful in anything that you do at work or in your daily life. That's just a warning. Great, so, sorry. great start. Great start. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Robert Clay, Josh Sneed. Thank you all for venturing out. Uh, we're happy to come and talk with you all and to the <clears throat> millions watching online. Hello. Welcome. Uh, but yeah, so we do SEC shorts. So um, in the presentation, we, you know, we, despite what he just said, we'll try to throw in a couple of things that we just learned, kind of turning this YouTube series into sort of our jobs, I guess. Like, so if you can use it, not, but we're going to have some fun while doing it. Emily's so. a lawyer. Emily, what is she going to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we'll try. We'll try. We're going to try. So uh, first off, we're just going to show you kind of an example of what we do, like a video we did last year for SEC Network. Does anyone have any Auburn fans in the house? One. All right. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. One person. Well, uh, this is for you. <laughs> See, I told you guys you're not going to learn anything. All right. I'm an Auburn fan. And like all Auburn fans, I too have lost eight or nine years of life expectancy from the stress of watching Auburn football. Well, now there's hope. Introducing Auburn Fanzatol, a breakthrough drug designed to combat the symptoms of being an Auburn fan. Symptoms like fourth quarter heart palpitations, uncontrollable sweating, mind-baffling frustration, and premature stress aging. I wish I'd have known about Auburn Fanzatol before the Oregon game. I'm only 23. Oh, and Auburn Fanzatol is also available in a party pack for watch parties. Hey guys, one each and they should kick in by overtime. Talk to your doctor if Auburn Fanzatol is right for you. Okay, so you have asked me about it and it doesn't work and you should just stop watching the games. Uh-huh. Look, you actually died for seven seconds in the middle of the Orton <laughs> game. Yeah. Auburn Fanzatol also works for heart-stopping Final Four runs and underdog appearances in the College World Series. Auburn fans at all, because we all know you won't stop watching. Am I right back there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only uh, one Auburn fan. We actually shot that at Russian Park, so if you had to watch that, I apologize. <laughs> so that kind of gives you an example of what we do. We try and take this just crazy culture of SEC football and try to find some identity and, and identify with the fans, and we've sort of turned that into sort of a brand, I guess. We really need a new headshot, like really need a new headshot. Um, so anyway, yeah, so we've been doing this. This is our seventh season. And this will be eight. Is this eight? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> eight, eight seasons. We're really invested in this, just yeah. so you guys know. <laughs> so uh, we, we met uh, way back at our first jobs, basically out of college. Um, these guys were, Josh, this, this job was not fun. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, so we edited medical lectures every day. So I don't know if you've ever, you ever see something on social media that's gross and you try to show your friend like, oh, look at that. That was our job just all day, every day for like eight or nine hours. So in the dark, it was pretty terrible. Yeah, so it was a very dreary job. We hated it. And we sort of just, it was uh, to follow up on the, my favorite SEC moment is kick six. And after that happened, we ended up making a little video that, uh, we replaced the announcer's voice with like Bama announcers and they don't realize you can return a uh, missed extra point for a touchdown. So they think it's going to overtime and we did this video for it. Um, we can't show it to you because it's, it's a little, it had a couple of inappropriate words in it, I guess, but I, you know, it was whatever. So we did that video and it kind of like got a little bit of momentum going and that sort of put us on this path of, of doing this um, as our jobs, really. We just started to figure it out. Oh, yeah, he made me dress up as Harry Potter um, 
on a Halloween night. So yeah, that was you all, this was when we worked at the medical publishing place. Like you, like no one ever likes or respects the new guys. So you just, when it's Halloween, you tell them everyone dresses up, and then he finds a stick in the parking lot and comes in as Harry Potter, and everyone makes fun of him. It's that's how we met. Yeah, there was no costume contest. He just lied to me. <laughs> So we got started by, uh, when the SEC Network launched, Paul Feinbaum started uh, simulcasting his like 30-hour show. And so they needed content and they needed it badly. So what their plan was to find suckers like us to submit things for free, and we were just like, cool, where do we send it? We were on TV. That's pretty cool, huh? So we started sending these little rants, uh, video rants to Paul Feinbaum's show. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was pretty crazy to see like, like on TV, like on the SEC network, I literally took a picture of the TV when this played. That's kind of how pathetic it was. But it was so cool to like see us on, I guess, the TV. It was just <laughs> awesome. It was awesome. It still is. Um, so that's kind of how we got going. And then uh, eventually we started kind of turning that into a full-time uh, gig with SEC network. We also have uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Like and subscribe. And uh, yeah. So that's kind of how we got going. Which doesn't sound like a real job, but it is. And um, it's really hard to explain when you're on a date, too. So it, it sounds oh, fun, man. but until you have to try to explain it, it's not that great. Running a YouTube channel. So here's <laughs> the part where we'll try to give you a few things that we've just learned in this weird realm of creativity that we sort of live in. And uh, there's, been a, there's been a few things. So the one thing that we've sort of determined... Uh, and I think it would help any brand or any group where you determine why are you successful? What are people seeing in your product that makes them come back for more? And so we sort of identified these key areas. And the first one that we found, for us at least, was production value. Um, we, you see so much content now, it's so easy to go make a video with your phone. And so you see a lot of content these days on cell phones. It doesn't have, it can be really funny, but it doesn't have that polished look. So as a way to sort of differentiate us from that, we you know, buy nice equipment, we go out there, we light stuff, we have a good microphone. So we try to make it very professional and you know, that seems to be a reason why people keep coming back. Where's the next one? <laughs> Humor. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the key to getting, I guess, you know, for it to grow or go viral or, you know, to have people share it is to just make it funny and, uh, or, you know, to try your best. So, uh, you know, sometimes it's easier for us than others, but uh, humor really is the way to, you know, get people to get as many eyes on it as possible. That's, you know, that's why 90% of the Super Bowl commercials you see are all, you know, comedy. Yeah, and then the last part that a lot of people, like a lot of times we'll make fun of fan bases. Um, we will, especially if you're a Tennessee fan. So like a lot of just prodding and poking if you're not doing well. But one of the things we try to do, we try, is we try to commiserate more than just say, you're terrible. We try and make sure that the fans who watch it will want to come back for another video. And it's like, well, when we're good, I'm coming back to watch what they do for us then. So. That's a big, big thing for us um, that we always, always try to do, so we don't try to be too mean. It's very easy to be mean, uh, especially down here. When college football, I mean, if Alabama or Auburn isn't doing well, I mean, it's just, it's too easy to go after the other fan base. It's, and then they'll get really defensive and really, really sad, because it's a very big part of our identity You're talking to that one Auburn fan, Yeah, that's <laughs> my man. So, uh, I think there's one more slide here. The biggest key to success that we've identified for us, though, was speed. We get these things out as fast as humanly possible. We've sort of realized that there's this window where if you play a game on Saturday, you have this brief window in time where the entire focus is on reacting to what happened in those weeks. Um, so we've sort of identified this calendar for us, for our production schedule, where we kind of have the standard calendar doesn't really apply to us. It starts on a Saturday when the games start. So that's game day. So we're always watching games. We're watching the big ones. So any, anything that's happening, we're looking for what's going to be that big story uh, that comes up from that weekend. And then Sunday, ooh. yeah, Sunday we meet really early, uh, 10. <laughs> and uh, by then we've argued over text about like what, you know, ideas we're going to do. 
uh, what we think would be funny, what we think people are going to be talking about on Monday at work. And so we, we, get, we, we get started a little earlier than 10. But uh, so then we start, you know, we, we settle on an idea. Uh, then we have we break instantly, and the two of us have to scramble to write a script, find actors, uh, get a location. I get on Facebook and start begging people, like, uh, "Can we use your office? Can we, you know, you know, can we?" We actually got a mansion one time. That was. He's a great Facebook follow because just on a random Sunday, he'll be like, "Does anyone have a space shuttle?" Like, it's just it's yeah. great, and someone always is in there. Yeah, I've got one in Gadsden. Come come to my space shuttle in Gadsden. Yeah. Everyone always has what we need. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it, it always works out. It's nice. So uh, I'm trying to find, you know, actors, whatever. He's trying to finish up a script. We're uh, you know, setting up the location. Then we have to shoot, which usually takes around four hours or so, four or five, depending on what we're doing. And then I go home, and then Robert stays up till about 2 or 3 a.m. like editing the video so that it can be out Monday morning when people get to work. Yeah, it sucks. For him. It's so we put up, we, we pretty much bust, bust our buns on Sunday to get this thing up on Monday. Are we allowed to say buns? <laughs> <laughs> no one has said buns. They have, they have, in 10 a, years. They have a bleeper thing here. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ring that bell. So we put the videos out Monday morning, uh, 8 o'clock every Monday. Um, and then we just kind of hope that it does well, people relate to it. If not, on to the next one. If they do, cool, on to the next one. Don't get to celebrate much, because uh, it's just so fast. In normal times, I think the big question is, right now, are we going to have a season? The answer is, we don't know. Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> Probably going to start it. Who knows? But on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I mean, you pretty much are already looking at the next game. So we sort of identified that real fast, that you have that day. So if you get it up late, if you get it up on Monday, or excuse me, Tuesday or Wednesday, you've lost a huge window. So for us, it was just identifying those key points to try to make the most of our product and, and keep sliding it into the national conversation whenever uh, something was going on. So it, that's kind of our mantra, is the video goes up Monday no matter what. And there's only been two ideas oh. <laughs> in our history that we've actually like started to film and we had to bail on because they were so terrible. And it's got, you know it's really bad because we have 12 hours to, to produce a whole video so that it's up by Monday. So if we're halfway through and we're like, this is so terrible, we have to start over again, you know it's really bad and we'll show you. We're never gonna show anyone the finished video. We'll show you a little screen grab from each one though. The, the first one- You can tell immediately that there was- <laughs> The Ghost of Auburn Football Past, where it's like a Christmas Carol story, like like Scrooge and the Ghost. I, I don't even know what the point of it was. But I think we shot two scenes. We were like, this is the this worst is, thing we've ever this done. This is awful. So we bailed on that and, and I think did something else. And then the next one, which actually I think this is still a good idea. It's a, a virtual reality headset for a Tennessee fan to experience life as an Alabama fan. And he gets to like go around and everyone's like being positive about their uh, experience and he's just like, whoa. Uh, we, we, the reason we built on that one was because we couldn't figure out what to shoot from the VR perspective. And we ended up, our first quarantine video when it's just been us two, we did like a, we did a virtual reality thing where he got to see, you get to relive all those moments about college football, like traffic and expensive you know, <laughs> tickets that you thought you hated, but man, you'd, you'd give anything to experience it right now, so. Those are our two ideas we've bailed on. Um, so this video right here, uh, sorry to our Georgia fan in the audience here. This is after uh, Georgia lost to South Carolina last year. We all remember that one, that was great. So in this video, uh, Georgia is uh, hiding the loss from the playoff. Uh, before you start it, uh, about a year ago, we uh, discovered that if you put my fat face in a uh, neck brace, it just pushes everything up and it's hilarious. So we do it at least three times a year now. Yeah, as to the comedy. Hey, how'd the game go? Uh, so good. Really good. Great. Hey, if we leave now, we can make it in time for the farmer's- <gasps> What happened to you? Hmm? No! <laughs> this, yeah. Uh, we rushed the field after our huge- giant uh, win over South Carolina today, so. You rushed the field after beating South Carolina? Uh, no, it's, I didn't, I, I didn't do that. That would be, that would be dumb. Is that chips and queso? Oh, 
Alabama and LSU are both looking great. I'm going to get so much grief when I have to put all three of you in the playoff. <laughs> yeah, we're all so good. Yeah, uh, the SEC East, oh, so deep this year. Huh. You know, it's like anybody could beat anybody in any week. What? Uh, it's just hashtag facts here. <laughs> well, it's a good thing y'all beat Notre Dame because they are struggling against USC's backup quarterback. Well, let me tell you something about backup quarterbacks, especially third string quarterbacks. It's <laughs> a real wild card when pressed into action. It's, it's just no film on them. It's, how are you even supposed to prepare for that? All right, let's go to the studio now for an upset update. And, folks, this one might be the biggest one we've seen all season Wow, long. what's this? Buckle up. I'm telling you, this cable is just not reliable. I mean, it must be the interception. I mean, the reception. <laughs> I even invited over the SEC championship to watch the games this afternoon. And there she is. All we gotta do is win out, baby. Renaissance Bank, the best bank in the South. Visit Renaissance. Big shout out to Renaissance Bank. So yeah, that's kind of a little example there. So um, last little section thing, we want to talk to you a little bit about like problem solving is something that we had to deal with pretty much all the time on our job. <laughs> Whether it's like you can't get the actor, you can't get the location or whatever. So we've really tried to get creative when it comes to solving these problems that present themselves to us. So we try to establish that there's a problem, analyze the issue, and then get out of your comfort zone to solve it. So for us, our comfort zone is making videos. We go out there, we make the video, we post it up. That's what we do. That's what everyone expects coming from our brand. And so we did run into an issue, though, where we kind of had to go around that. So this is our little case study, and it's the UCF National Championship Trophy Road Tour. Um, so as you all know, Alabama won the national championship uh, many, many times, but um, the, uh, what year was that, 2017? Yeah. Uh, but they did not go undefeated, and so a team down in Florida did, and they started to say, well, we are the new national champions because we're the only undefeated ones. And they were like laying it on pretty heavy. So that was sort of the situation. They got, they got rings made. They got rings made? Yeah, they did a lot of stuff. That was sort of the situation that we kind of found ourselves in. The second issue was our videos were not being seen by 18 to 22-year-olds. <laughs> we were not getting in front of college students, which was weird to us because we were making college football videos. So we had to kind of figure out, all right, what's going on here? Number one, we were, at that time, we were very big on Facebook. And guess what? No one's really using Facebook that much especially if you're an 18 to 22-year-old in college because your mom's on it, your grandma's on it, your dad's on it. Um, it's sort of, it's not as cool. It's not the cool social media brand that you're on all the time. Then old Joshy here got our Instagram presence. Uh, we have one now, but we didn't then. Right. So then we also noticed like, the, the social media that they do use, like Snapchat, our content was not very user-friendly for that group. We can't put our like, three-minute video on Snapchat. So that was the issue. And so we decided to kind of come up with a plan to reach 18 to 22 year olds, especially Alabama students. And this is what we came up with. How many of y'all have gone to a Walmart and gotten your picture made in front of a national championship trophy? Liars. Liars, you all do it. That's the big thing that they do, right? After you win, they take the trophy and they go to the Walmarts in your area and then people line up around the block to get your picture made with the trophy. So uh, I was driving down Red Mountain Expressway and they were advertising, come see the Alabama National Championship trophy at the Fultondale Walmart <laughs> or something. And uh, it was kind of like, well, what would UCF's road tour look like if they took their trophy on a little tour here? 
And that's kind of where this went. Yeah, we uh, decided to make our own UCS, UCF trophy and put it on our own tour, like find locations for it, show up, show up with it, and see if people would show up to fight us or take pictures, I don't know. So this is Robert slowly making the trophy, which is out of cardboard that we did pull out of a dumpster. Yeah, so the goal was to make it kind of look like the playoff trophy, but make it out of cardboard and duct tape and, and just U-Haul boxes and make it look pretty terrible. And then the next phase was we needed to find a place to go. We needed to advertise this trophy road tour just to see what happens. So we made this video to advertise our, uh, our Once tour. in a moment, there comes a time to celebrate what you've achieved. That time is now. SEC Shorts is proud to partner with the University of Central Florida to bring you the UCF 2018 National Championship Trophy Road Tour. The Orlando paper has spoken. The rings have been forged. The police cars have been wrapped. Now comes the grandest stage of the UCF Championship celebration. Crafted in the dumpster behind the Pine Hills Dollar General, the UCF Championship Trophy must truly be seen to be believed. The Trophy Road Tour kicks off at Galette's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Come experience the true championship greatness that limited Austin P to 33 points. Celebrate. So yeah, uh, Galette said, come on by. So um, how many Alabama uh, alumni do we have in here? Okay, I see what's going on here. Winners. winners. How many of y'all ever went to a uh, Wine Wednesday at Galette's? Yeah, so us too. <laughs> and wow. So we- I can't believe you're all still alive. Yeah. We didn't even know about Wine Wednesday. We were just like, hey, can we, we can come by with the trophy and set it up and we'll just hang out for a little while. How's your Wednesday? And he was like, it's great. It's going to be really good. So basically, we went to the University of Alabama campus the week before finals started. So it's the last Wine Wednesday of the semester. And if you don't know, Wine Wednesday is where they serve, like, I think it's $5 bottles of wine. You just get a bottle and you just, yeah. So that's what we were walking into. So we were like, okay. It's the perfect storm. We're gonna, we're gonna like dress up, we're gonna make costumes, we're gonna make it, we're gonna treat this trophy like it is the actual like thing. We're gonna wear white gloves and we're not gonna let the students touch it. So we're thinking like, it's, this thing's maybe gonna last like 15 minutes before like somebody bashes it up or something. So we, uh, we, we set up here, our video kind of got it out on the map too, so people were pretty excited about this coming. Um, I used to work at ale.com at this time, and they were like all about it, so they posted it on their front page. Uh, so we got, the, we got the tour so that people were paying attention, and so we rolled up. Let's see. So we made our shirts. We are the UCF trophy staff. We all have surveillance earpieces in just we, for the We effect. brought it in on a, uh, like a stand, and we played We Are the Champions on a Bluetooth speaker. We have a velvet rope around the, the whole thing. And so really the idea here is like there was a little bit of method to the madness where we were going to try to just engage with Alabama students, but we had no idea how it was going to go. And as it turned out, it went awesome. Like, they treated this trophy like it was the Mona Lisa. They would not... If they ever got close to the velvet rope and we were like away from the rope, they'd be like, I'm so sorry. They were like <laughs> apologetic. They came down, like they all got the joke. Like they weren't, they just, they got it. They, they responded to it. And people just were like flooding in. That's one of our guys getting too close to that rope. Back him off. Did you guys know wine's really popular uh, with college students? So this has happened maybe escalated. a couple of years ago. So like we may have to, we start seeing some of those students out in the workplace at some point. Who knows? 
Um, so yeah, it, uh, it was a huge hit and we immediately saw this massive increase in our brand awareness with that age demo and in the subscriptions to our page. So all because this one stupid thing where we made a cardboard trophy went viral. It's been to this day one of the biggest reasons why our audience base kind of got, normally it was people who are our age, kind of like a lot of, uh, you know, 30s, 40s, yeah. yeah, 25 to 45 uh, year olds, just our age that were responding, they kind of got the, the references. And so yeah, that was a big reason why. Um, so we got super excited about it, and we, we tried it again. This time, the Alabama Alumni Association invited us to Bryant-Denny Stadium to do it. Slightly different age demographic. Um, it's probably not a great idea. It was not a great idea. I think this, this encapsulates it perfectly. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was pretty much the response that we got. The millennials are here. <laughs> Uh, it was a total train wreck. Like, everyone didn't get it. They were mad at us. They we were like, what? Alabama's the national champions. <laughs> what are you doing? They were so angry. Yeah. People just stewing, staring us down. We walked through. We did it to where we, it, we set it up to where we were interrupting their meeting. And I, we bought a megaphone for this, obviously. And, uh, you know, they act, the guy at the podium was like, oh, who is this? And so we come in, we, we're cheering. And then we go, like, set up on the side and say, if you want a look at a real championship trophy, come take a look. And people are just in their seats, like, <laughs> waiting for a break to fight us. Like, because they thought it was real. They, they have shirts, there's a logo on it. So it was the complete opposite, where no one wanted to talk to us or look at us. It was very, very weird. Yeah, then Eli Gold proceeds to get up and talk for an hour and a half while we're standing there like this. <laughs> Oh my God, it was, uh, so it was a good lesson about how, man, you can really, you can really make a huge impact with one age demo and then it's just a total, total disaster with another one. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's our presentation. Just hope you all enjoyed that and just a couple of goofy things. We'll be willing to, if you have any questions or anything, we can take a few of those. Um, just let us know, raise your hand. Yes, ma'am. So after the, you know, the first season, we did, um, we did a video every week for free for Feinbaum just to be on TV. And at the end of that year, Ale.com offered to hire Robert on and like, pay us to actually do them. So uh, starting in the second season, um, you know, it started to actually like, turn into real jobs for us. And I worked a real job, did it on the side for a few years, and then I guess a couple years ago, we went off completely on our own, got our own sponsors, got the deal with ESPN. And so for the last two seasons, we've done that. Yeah, we sort of identified the, the path of we're a TV show and you're just buying ad space on it, essentially. And, you know, brands, if you find the right brand that has, like with Renaissance, they've been fantastic. They, they're trying, they have branches in the, you know, in the entire region. So they're trying to reach the same audience uh, that we get to. So it's just a great, so finding those brand partnerships was something we had to learn about 100% because it was just like, you're right. Like at first it was just, this is funny. We're making funny videos. And then all of a sudden it's just like, I don't know how to talk to a sponsor. So we had to learn how to do that. Still don't know how to talk to a sponsor, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes. So on the schedule, um, the awesome animated graph, yes, go on. So during the season, that's uh, Tuesday to Friday is when we make our ESPN video. So, uh, Monday, our sponsor video goes up, and then we immediately start working on what we're going to do for ESPN that week. And that video goes up Saturday mornings on a show called SEC Nation, which is like their version of college game day. Mm -hmm. So it's, falls are a regular football season is very busy. And then when you get to the off season, we only throw out about a video a month then. So it calms down quite a bit. So it's just like this massive craziness busy, and then it kind of relaxes a little bit. So we'll see what happens with this season. But... Uh, yeah, that's the normal she schedule. She that, like, you guys don't have a real job. <laughs> you guys do, yeah, Tuesday no, through Saturday. It's weird to say that it's your job. About it's football. just like, yeah, it's just, we just hang out. We just, we go to Rodney Scott's a lot. So maybe we'll see some of y'all there. We're, we go there at least three times a week. We know everyone who works in the kitchen. That's a problem. Question number two, she's sitting in the front. Well, we have an online question. Yes. Right. Hello, Zoom. I'm hoping you've been paying, we're not paying attention to you.
What I can tell you is that person probably works on the <laughs> movie. Um, I actually don't know a lot about that movie, uh, but I am in it. Uh, I'm, an, I'm a sportscaster, and uh, it's a slasher movie, but I don't get killed, so. Spoiler alert. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I just gave away. Yeah, uh, okay. And if you want to know the ending, just, I guess, email me. Or, I don't I'm sorry. I just ruined that whole movie for you. Can you guys talk a little bit about how your uh, fan base extended beyond, like, throughout the SEC? Like, what was that process like trying to get different um, Ooh, yeah. schools? <laughs> yes. yeah. That's good. Because at first it was, you know, we mostly, you know, we were at AL.com, so we mostly just did Auburn, Alabama videos. Right. But we would throw in if, you know, something, if, like, Mississippi State, for whatever reason, would have, like, a good first part of their season, we'd throw in something for them every once in a while or the SEC championship, something. And then once we started to you know, get bigger, you know, we would make just a Georgia video, just a, you know, Florida video, stuff like that. So um, that's been really nice. I went to an Alabama LSU game last year. You know, LSU had such a great season. We've been making a lot of LSU videos for the sponsor and for ESPN. So when fans would see me, LSU fans saw me there, like, in Alabama clothes, they were like, why are you dressed in, like, they had only seen the LSU video, so they assumed I was an LSU fan. So it's, <laughs> what, what's wrong? What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, hey, nice. Yeah, that is one thing we've learned. When we started with Auburn and Alabama, like Alabama fans, like passion level, it's just insane. They will, especially when it's like that season is like really crushing it, they will consume whatever content they can about their team. And we were sort of expecting to get that reaction from like, you know, Kentucky. <laughs> and uh, that's not how that works. They're more of a basketball people. So... It's been fascinating. Like each fan base is almost like a foreign language you have to kind of learn. You have to learn about, all right, so if Alabama, you know, you look at their, what, what's important to them? It's just the tradition. You know, you have Bear Bryant. You have that attitude about like we are the team of the state. You have to kind of learn how each team does it. Like, so like Texas A&M, for example, we've been trying really hard to break in with their group. And they're weird. Like that's a weird school. They're great and they're super passionate. But that's been a big adjustment to kind of figure out, okay, how does this work again? Like, what are you, what's important to y'all? And so that's been, I think, one of the most challenging things moving forward. One, one of the most surprising things, too, is I think Tennessee fans are probably yes. our second biggest, like, following, uh, second biggest following. And I think we do nothing but make fun of them. So I, I don't... Either they all yeah. have really great senses of humor or they just love punishing. Yeah, they'll lose to Georgia State and they're just like, I can't wait to see what the boys do about this. Like, they're so excited. It's like, I guess that you have a, such a hard time. Like, we did a sort of positive video for them when they, they won like seven in a row and they got to bowl eligibility after having such a terrible start. So we did like a Rocky spoof where Josh is like a Tennessee fan. He's just getting the crap kicked out of him in the ring. And then they he goes the distance and makes it to the Music City Bowl or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's been crazy. Like, you know, Alabama is still by far, even if we do a video about Vanderbilt, you go look at the metrics and it's like people who live in Alabama who identify as Alabama fans are our top audience. So I think at this point, they just kind of like seeing the content. But um, before I started this, you know, I was very like, Alabama, I don't know about that. And now I'm just like, I love Alabama fans so much. <laughs> They're incredible fans. So. You know, we can, we can just agree to uh, chill out on that one day of the year. <laughs> Any other questions? I've got one. Yes. How, does, how has this changed your Saturday football watching? Is some of the joy taken out of it because you're working now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you know, I used to just like to drink and watch football, and now I have to, like, take notes. And I still get irrationally angry when Bo Nix throws four interceptions in the game, too. So like, I, it's like I still, for my team, I still can kind of enjoy it. But then it's like there is like a very added pressure about, okay, we got to do something. Like, so you, you'll be hanging out with your friends at like a brewery or something watching the games, and all of a sudden it just kind of hits you like, oh, this is my job. I have to do something. <laughs> like like you, can't, you can't go too hard. You can't like you have to get up. At God, 10, don't you guys 10 tomorrow feel so morning. Sorry for us. I know. We're definitely, we have so pity cases right here. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's been an adjustment for sure. But it's been fun. You had a question? Yeah, I was going to ask do you do all your social media or do you all have other power off your team or do you just don't do? No, yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, we, you know, we make we our own PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. <laughs> 
We would be, yeah, it, you know, it, ideally to grow your brand really fast. You post something every day. We'd be building memes or, you know, short, doing short videos to post throughout the week or something. But we're so busy just focusing on what we know we can do well um, that we just try to focus on that and just, you know. We've been okay. Yeah, one of the things we've done is we, we bring people in like on a contract basis. So we've made relations with like good actresses, actors, uh, filmmakers in town. And so we like to collaborate with local people a lot. Um, social media, we'd be the first to acknowledge is probably not our strong point because it is. It's, it can be like a full focus. You know, there's the brands out there. When I worked at Ale.com, they had just launched the brand. It's a Southern thing. Uh, if any of y'all watch that, it's very popular. But, you know, just watching kind of what they do, you know, they're starting like a merch wing, they're doing all this stuff, and it was just kind of like, I'm not interested in that. And since it is just us, it's like, do we really want to be like heat pressing t-shirts in the basement while we're, you know, doing this? And so we've sort of made a conscious choice to just keep the path going. Because um, I think the most fun that we get out of it is actually making, writing, and seeing people react to the videos. And then, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun just doing that. So, you know, who knows? We could have been uh, we could have been a lot bigger. On the on that same note, what is next for you guys? I know this is kind of a crazy season, so it's going to be interesting for all of us. But yeah, probably door dashing. <laughs> if anybody's hiring, uh, no, I mean like are you no... all going to TikTok or something? Oh. <laughs> I refuse to join TikTok. You get to a certain age, and I am there where the you're just like, nope, I'm done with social media, whatever's. And I have no pride, so if anyone will set up a TikTok for me. <laughs> I'll post it. We're going to be doing it. like the Nick Saban dance or something challenge. Yeah. Oh, man. He's yeah. a line dancer. So. He is? Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say what's next? Um, I think right now it's really building more relationships. Like right now we have a great relationship with SEC Network. What we're trying to do is build more of a game day ESPN relationship because we feel like they would translate. We can make different content for different conferences. We don't want to do that every week, but... Um, we've been just kind of making inroads there and building those relationships up. So I think that would be maybe what was what possibly would be next. Or we just retire at 40. We don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, probably the first one. Yeah, probably the first one. Any other questions? Cool, guys. Well, awesome. thank you all so much for letting us come talk with you all. We enjoyed it. And uh, I really want to wing that bell, but I'm not going to. So uh, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just go over that? here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Can you all join me in thanking Josh and Robert? Thank you again, Josh and Robert, for joining us today. It's tradition that for every speaker we have at a luncheon, our club makes a contribution to our second signature service project, Ready to Succeed in Your Honor. We would like to present you both with these certificates marking that donation and also present you with a copy of our annual report. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And a few final reminders for our members. We have uh, August 13th, a virtual trivia event on Zoom. Um, August 20th will be a virtual luncheon with Andy Grace. August 22nd, we have our service at Avondale Elementary School. And don't forget, August 21st is our LDP application deadline. Please check in with us on Slack and answer that poll to let us know that you were here. Um, and also, final reminder to sign up for a committee. Uh, to find that survey link, you can just go to your newsletter. It's also available on Slack. Um, and if you have any questions about committees or joining our uh, team this year, please reach out to any of our board of directors. We're happy to answer any questions. And with that, we are adjourned. And if you want to ring the bell, you can. Do you want to ring it? Who wants to ring it? Was just, it like a, a town fryer? Or what do just I do? just oh, once. Oh, okay. to make, no, 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 you have to use a little paddle. The mallet. <laughs> and we are adjourned. <laughs> Way harder than I was going to say. That was great. <laughs> I just like, wasn't aware.